Hello, and welcome to this Sleepcast series of the Stuff of Dreams podcast. My goal in this series is to provide you with relaxing bedtime stories that also have substance in the form of myths. I'm your host, Amy Lawson, MD, practicing pediatrician. I also have a master's degree in depth psychology, specifically in Jungian and archetypal studies. Our first myth is that of Psyche and Eros. Psyche is a human woman who unknowingly marries Eros, the god of love, who hides his identity from her. When she breaks his rule and dares to know who he really is, he casts her away. She must perform four difficult tasks to work her way back toward the god she loves. During their separation, Psyche and Eros each grow and mature until they're able to come together again in a more equal and deliberate and truly loving way. And now, Psyche and Eros, part four. For many long days she journeyed, till at last she saw the blue sea far away and a pleasant valley sloping to the shore. Here the waves broke in laughing ripples on the beach, and the leaves danced on the trees in the soft west wind. For Aphrodite, born of the sea, the fairest of all the goddesses, held her court there, surrounded by her nymphs and maidens. As she sat on her golden throne, they danced around her, with their white arms gleaming, and crowned her with roses, singing the song of her beauty. O Aphrodite, queen of love, fairest of time's deathless daughters, you the hours kiss as they pass, and the circling seasons crown with grace. Before you all was fire and chaos, but at your coming the earth decked herself with flowers, and the nightingale sang to her mate on the bough, and in the pale moonbeams youth and maiden ran hand in hand through the glade. Your smile is like sunshine on ripples, but the flash of your eyes like the death-bearing gleam of the lightning, for not always are you kind. You demand your ceremonies. From north and south and east and west, men worship you, both now and evermore, O goddess of ten thousand names. As Psyche drew near, the nymphs saw her. With loud cries, they rushed forward, and flinging chains of roses about her, dragged her forward before the throne. A prisoner, a prisoner, they cried. A mortal, O queen, who has dared to enter your sacred veil. What shall her fate be? And Psyche knelt trembling before the throne. She did not dare to look up, for she felt the eyes of the goddess upon her, and the blaze of her anger burned through to her heart. Psyche, what are you doing here? Don't you know that long ago I loved you not, because your beauty taught men to forget my dues, and you led my own son to disobey my word? By your foolishness you have lost him, and I am glad he is rid of you. Do not think that your tears will move me. Those who enter my sacred veil become the lowest of my slaves, and despair is theirs if they fail to do the task I set them. Truly, yours shall be no easy one, or I am not the queen of love and beauty. O oh, lady, answered Psyche, I came here to obey you and be your servant, if I might change your anger to love and prove myself worthy of your son. My sin was great when I doubted him, but I have shed many tears and wandered wearily in search of him. I would even go to the dark underworld if I could find him there. 
As for the worship that men paid me, Zeus, who searches all hearts, knows that I did not lift mine in pride above you. And doesn't every gift of beauty come from you, O mighty one? If my face is beautiful, it is because it is a shadow of your own image. Men's hearts are weak, and it is hard for them to look on you, as it is hard to look on the sun. Do not be angry if, through my human image that will one day die, they reach blindly toward you and your beauty that will not fade. And now, on my knees, I beg you, O Queen, to give me your hardest tasks, that I may prove my love or die for my unworthiness. As Psyche was speaking, the face of the goddess softened, and she answered her more gently. Your words please me, maiden, for the gods love those who do not turn away from difficulty. I will give you three tasks, and if you complete them, I'll give you one that is harder than all the others, from which you can win your love and immortality. Go, my servants, and lead her to my granary, so she may sort the golden grain before the sun's first rays hit the tops of the pines. At the command of the goddess, the nymphs gathered round Psyche, and, binding her hands with chains of roses, led her away to the grain bin. Here they set her free, and with merry laughter said goodbye. Pray to the hundred-handed one girl to help you, cried one, because your two hands will not go far. No, ten thousand hands could not sort the grain by sunrise, said another. Better to work with two hands, said Psyche, than uselessly pray for ten thousand. But for all her bravery, her heart sank as she looked at the task before her. For she stood in the largest granary she had ever seen, wide and tall as her father's palace halls, and all the floor was covered with seeds and grain of every kind, wheat, oats, and barley, millet, beans, and maize, which she must sort into separate heaps before the sunrise. However, she set to work, and minute after minute, hour after hour passed swiftly by, and the heaps kept growing by her side, but despite all her work, she only cleared a tiny corner of the floor. Feverishly she worked, not daring to look at what was left to do. Her back ached, her arms grew stiff, and her eyes felt heavy as lead. But she worked like one in a dream, and her head kept nodding from weariness, till at length she could hold out no longer, but fell fast asleep on the cold stone floor. While she slept, a marvelous thing happened. From every hole and crack there appeared an army of ants, black ants, white ants, red ants, swarming and tumbling over each other in their haste. Over the whole floor of the grain bin they spread, and each one carried a grain of seed, which it placed in the correct heap and ran quickly back for another. So many were there, and so quickly did they work, that by the time the first ray of the sun peeped in at the windows, the floor was clear, save for the heaps of sordid grain standing piled up in the middle. The bright light pouring in at the window fell upon Psyche as she slept, and with a start she awoke and began to search about for more grain. When her eyes became accustomed to the light, how great was her joy and thankfulness to see the neat heaps before her. 
and as she looked around, wondering who could have been so kind, she saw the last stragglers of the ants hurrying away to every crack and cranny. Oh, kind little people, she cried, how can I thank you? She had no time to say more, for the door was thrown open, and in a golden flood of sunlight, the nymphs came dancing in. Seeing the floor cleared and the bright heaps lying on the floor, they stopped short in amazement. Truly, you have done it, maiden, said one. No, she never could have done it herself, said another. True, O oh bright-haired ones, answered Psyche. I worked and worked, but made little progress, and at last my strength ran out and I fell asleep on the floor. But the little folk had pity on me and came out in armies and sorted the grain till all was finished, and now the task is accomplished. We will see what our queen says to this, they answered. And binding her once more in their rosy chains, they led her to Aphrodite. Have you swept my granary, Psyche, and sorted each kind of grain? she asked. Your floor is swept, and the grain is sorted, lady, she replied, and I did what my strength could bear. When I failed, the ants came forth and did the task. Trembling, she waited for the answer, for she feared she had failed the very first trial. But Aphrodite answered, Why do you tremble, Psyche? The task is accomplished, and that is all I ask. For I know well that the little folk help only those who help themselves. You must complete two more tasks before I set you to the final test. See that shining river? On the other side, my flocks and herds are grazing. They are precious, for their fleeces and skins are of pure gold. Go now and bring me one golden lock of hair by sunset. So saying, she motioned to the nymphs to release Psyche, who went at once toward the stream, light-hearted, for this task, she thought, would be easy after the last. As she approached the river, she saw the animals feeding on the further bank, sheep and oxen, cows and goats, their golden skins gleaming in the sunlight. Looking about for some way to cross, she saw a small boat tied up among the reeds. Entering it, she untied the rope and pushed out into the stream. As she did so, one of the bulls on the further shore looked up from his grazing and saw her. With a snort of rage, he galloped down the field, followed by the rest of the herd. Right down to the water's edge they came, lashing their tails and stabbing with their horns, and dangerous would it have been for Psyche had she reached the shore. Hastily, she pushed back among the reeds and wondered what she could do. But the more she thought, the greater became her problem. To get one single hair from the golden herd, she must cross the stream, and if she crossed, the wild bulls would kill her. At length, in despair, she determined to meet her death, if only to show that her love was stronger. As she bent over the boat to untie the rope, a light breeze set the reeds to whispering, and one seemed to speak to her. Fair lady, do not leave us, for those who reach the further shore never return again. Farewell, then, forever, gentle reed, for I have a task to do, even if I die in the attempt. O oh, lady, stay here and play with us. You are too young and fair to die. No coward is young or fair, kind reed, and before sunset I must get a lock of hair from a golden fleece, or I shall never find my love again. And she untied the rope. Stay, stay, gentle maiden, 
there I can help you, for all my life I have watched the golden herds, and I know their ways. All day long they feed in the pleasant pasture, and danger to those who would cross over when the sun is high. But towards evening, when the sun is sinking, the herdsmen of Aphrodite drive them home to their stalls for the night. Then you can safely cross to gather hair from the golden herd. But Psyche laughed aloud at his words. You tell me to steal the apples when the tree is bare. Your heart is kind, but your tongue lacks wisdom. Farewell. Not so fast, lady. See the tall ram over by the thorn bush? The grass in the shade is sweet, but to reach it he must leave a golden offering on the thorns. Even now there is a lock of his fleece caught in the branches. Stay with us till the herds are gone, lady, and then you can gather the golden hair. Oh, kindest of reeds, forgive my blindness. You have saved more than my life, for if I fail the task, I lose my love forever. So all day long, she stayed and talked with the reeds, and they told her that people often came down to the stream and rode toward the other bank. But when the cattle rushed raging to the water's edge, they turned back afraid and dared not try again, but went home unhappy. And so did not hear the whispering of the reeds or learn the secret of winning the golden fleece. Now the shadows were falling fast, and in the distance Psyche heard the horn of the herdsman and his voice calling the cattle home. At the sound, they lifted their heads and went to the gate on the far side of the field. As soon as they were safely through, Psyche pushed out the boat and rowed to the other bank. Swiftly she moved to the thorn bush and picked the golden lock from the bow, and as the boat glided back to the reeds, the sun sank low behind the hills. Close by, she heard the laughter of the nymphs as they came to see if the task was done. With a smile, she drew the lock of gold from her pocket, and, marveling, they led her back to Aphrodite. You have a brave heart, Psyche, said the goddess, as she looked at the golden lock at her feet. The bravest heart could not have won this lock, lady, without knowing the secret which the reeds whispered to me. I know that well, Psyche, but it is only the pure in heart that can understand the voice of the wind in the reeds, and now twice I have tested you. Here, take this crystal bowl for your third task. Beyond this pleasant valley you will come to a dark and barren plain. On the far side a mighty mountain rises to heaven, and from the summit a spring streams forth and falls headlong over the cliff down into the gulf below. Go now and get me a drink of that stream. But do not break the goblet on the way, for its worth is beyond all telling. And as she held it out, the crystal truly gleamed brighter than the rainbow. Psyche took the goblet, and by sunrise she was already on the plain. Far away, on the other side, the mountain peak rose barren and black against the sky, and she hurried on as fast as her feet would go, so she might fill the goblet before nightfall. On and on she went and at last she drew near to the mountain and looked about for a path leading up to the summit. But she saw nothing but rocks and boulders and masses of crumbling stones, and so she set to work climbing the rough mountainside. Clasping the goblet tightly in one hand, she clung to the rocks as well as she could with the other, fearing at every step that she would slip and break the precious cup. She never quite knew how she reached the top, but at last she stood, bruised and torn upon the summit. She was disappointed when she saw that the mountain peak was divided by a mighty cleft, 
and across the abyss she saw the waterfall gushing out from the steep rock a hundred feet and more below the summit. Even if she had climbed down again and back up the other side, the rock fell away so smooth and sheer there that a mountain goat would have no ledge on which to rest his foot. Psyche sat down upon a rock to wonder what to do, and the more she thought, the more she felt that her last hour had come. For the only way I can reach the water is to throw myself into the bottomless hole where the stream flows deep down into the earth and I would be dashed to pieces. But maybe the king of the underworld would have mercy on me and let my soul return at once to earth to bring the crystal bowl to Aphrodite. So saying, she stood and said goodbye to the earth and the pleasant sunlight and the fair flowers that she loved and prepared to throw herself over the mountainside. As she was about to spring from the edge, she heard wings above her head, and a mighty eagle flew down and settled on the rock beside her. Far up above your head in the blue sky, I have watched you, Psyche, and seen your labors on the mountainside. You are too brave and true to die. Give me the goblet, and I will fill it. Don't you know that the stream is a jet which springs up from the underworld and waters the shores of the dead? No mortal can touch that water and live, or take it away in an earthen cup. But this goblet is the gift of Zeus Almighty, and I am his messenger, the only bird of heaven that can look on the sun in his might. Give me the cup then, and I will fill it, and bear it to the mountain foot so that you can carry it back in safety. With tears of joy and thankfulness, Psyche gave him the goblet, and as he flew away across the dark chasm, swift as an arrow from the bow, she turned and sped down the mountainside, paying no attention to the stones and boulders because she was so glad at heart. At the foot, she found the eagle waiting for her. Oh, mightiest of birds, how can I thank you, she cried. To have served you, lady, is all the thanks I need. Farewell, and may the gods prosper you in your last great trial and he spread his mighty wings and flew away. Psyche watched him till he was a tiny speck in the blue of the sky. Then she turned and hurried across the plain with her precious goblet of water. The nymphs danced out to meet her as before and led her to Aphrodite. I see you are fearless and true, maiden, she said when Psyche had told her tale. Twice you have faced death without flinching, and now you must go down to death's underworld. For no woman is worthy of my son's love unless she has immortal beauty that does not fade with passing years. And she alone, the queen of the dead, can give you this gift. Take this chest then and go and kneel before her and beg her to fill it with the essence of that beauty. When you have it, hurry quickly back and do not open the chest, for if its fumes escape and overcome you in the world below, you must live forever with the ghosts. So Psyche took the container, and her heart sank within her at the thought of that frightening journey. And the nymphs waved sadly to her as she went away, for they had never seen anyone who returned from the dark land of shadows. <laughs>